I know that you right now have like six ideas you want to work on that if you found the right operator, you would go and pursue those, right? So like, honestly, use this as free marketing if you're interested and want to go and unveil those ideas. Because I think that I would not be okay. surprised at all if there's people that DM you being like, that was an awesome idea. I would love to like take that down with you. Uh, I, yeah, I can go on five or six right now. I'll at least do maybe two or three. You're listening to the Next Generation Podcast, weekly interviews with the most interesting and successful 20-somethings out there. You know the deal. Um, That's good. The only downside is we're like, all right, so we're already recording, so let's just let's just kick things off. So we got Stephen Ullman on the podcast here today, and the only reason that this might be a little bit of a strange episode is because we've done this episode before, and out of <laughs> 60 plus podcasts, we have never lost a recording or had like crazy audio issues to the point where we couldn't publish until Steven's episode came around. And for some reason, the entire audio track went missing. So we're recording on Zoom today instead of Riverside. What's up, Steven? What's up? Yeah, it was that bad. That's how bad it was. We had to <laughs> we redo have a, it. We have a full audio clip that's just Connor and I talking to a wall, essentially. Yeah. It is only our half of the audio. But, Wild. but I do think so. Steven was actually the first uh, person of mentor series that we brought on. And we were so focused on like, got to be under 10 minutes, got to be under 10 minutes that I felt like I left the episode. I was like, that was good, but it was a little rushed. So I'm excited to actually have you on and we can flesh things out a little bit more this episode. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Let's do it yeah. again. Let's do it. So um, Steven runs several ventures. He's got, how many companies do you have under several ventures now at this point? 11. 11. <laughs> so one of the things that I get most excited about, and I feel like I battle back and forth with this idea every single day is like, should I go and start 20 different companies over the next mm -hmm. 10 years? Because I know that like from my interests and like just my boredom and I, I get bored on one thing very quickly, like that's the most fun thing for me. Now you talk to other people who are like running these like billion dollar companies and they're like, no, actually like the best thing that you can do is go all in on one thing and make like that one thing your core focus. I'd love to kind of know your thought process around starting several and your the like just generally the idea behind starting several businesses at once like where's your head at with that whole concept yeah so the the quick history is i grew up with a dad that did three things so um you know nonprofit, for profit and he was actually a pastor and so i thought that was normal i thought every dad had like multiple jobs and i talked to my friend's dad that was a surgeon i was like what else do you do he's like what do you mean what else, do do? <laughs> what else do <laughs> I, I i fix people's bodies that's enough so <laughs> I just grew up with that concept and I thought it was really cool. And I was talking about systems and efficiency and delegation when I was like eight. So, um, the coolest I, you rolled around. Well, I don't know about that, but I, you know, I, I definitely learned a lot from, from my dad. And so I also, um, wanted to invest in other people. Well, I, it wasn't, you know, when I think about business, it's not all about self gain. And so how can I help other people, do that i i wanted i decided to pursue building multiple companies with other people as a means of helping people take that leap like my addiction is helping people leave corporate to start a company and help them believe in themselves so that's a, a key thing too as in all those you know 11 businesses i'm not highly operational in all 11 businesses just to clarify so th that's also part of it is i don't think you should start 20 businesses that you're highly operational and that's not really possible what are, what are some of the specific pros and cons there, right? Because again, I think, I think the double-edged sword of being an entrepreneur is we all have shiny object syndrome. We all want to start a million things. Frequently the advice is, Hey, if you want to be really, really successful, go all in on one. Yep. You've obviously bridged that gap really well of being really successful 
in multiple, but I'm assuming you must have seen some trade-offs either in terms of, you know, maybe you're not at the scale you want to be, but you yes. have, you know, better home life or you're just happier. What, what does that specifically look like in terms of, you know, some of the trade-offs you know you've taken, but I'm assuming that are probably worth it. Yeah, two two things come to mind. One is I've just become satisfied with going slower. I know that if I only focus on one business and I work 90 hours a week, you know, that business could be absolutely crushing it, but I've become okay with going slower. And then also, what are you optimizing for? If you want to optimize for wealth creation, focus on one business, go unicorn route, go public, like absolutely. I optimize more so for balance between family and business and friendship and hobbies and that sort of thing. And so I've kind of gravitated this route where I don't ever want to take a business public. I, I, I haven't ever raised money. I haven't needed to. And so that's just the game I'm playing. That's awesome. I know that you talk with a lot of different people and this is kind of what you mentioned, like, like your love language is almost like convincing people to like leave their corporate jobs. So they're not happy with. Um, and I think anyone listening to this right now, if you're happy with your job, like do your job, right? Like that's not the, the type of audience that we're talking with. It's the people who think that they can be doing more, but don't necessarily have the confidence or the know-how to go out on their own and start their own thing. What do those conversations look like? Cause I'm sure there's people listening to this right now who are like, I'm not happy with my thing. I want to go do something else. Like how do you kind of help them think about it all? Yeah. So I actually start typically with personal finance. So my wife and I came out of six figures of debt when we got married. And so because of that, that's where I start and say, what does your personal financial life look like? What's, what are you capable of doing? Can you take six or 12 months without any notable income? What's their risk profile? Um, because that will show them kind of what's possible. And because of the gig economy and places like Upwork and all sorts of stuff, different top towel, whatever it is, you can also go make two, three, four, five, six K a month easily if you have certain skill sets while building a business. And so I think on average, I try to help people understand that it's not as risky as they think it is. Um, I think there's this belief, you know, we talk health insurance and families and they freak out and like, I just, uh, and they freeze and they never do it. So I really am into helping people understand that it's not as risky as they might perceive it to be. And then start to make a plan from a personal financial perspective, because a business is only ever as healthy financially as, as the owner is. And the, the, the tough part here, though, is actually finding the good operators, in, in my opinion, right? Because if I, I have probably 15 ideas every day, and if I feel like if I had, you know, reasonable people to plug into them, that's what I would be doing. Um, but finding the people in, in the people aspect of running a business, you know, everyone complains about as the probably one of the most difficult things you can do is finding really good people and training them and, and getting them up to speed but you've mastered this somehow. And like, how do, how do you go about making sure that it's the right person, you find someone out of the blue and that they can effectively run a business when they haven't ever done that before? Yep, great question. That is really the question for me. And I've taken my time with people, spent time with them, gotten to know them. And there's no silver bullet, but I would say, I try to think about, okay, for this business to, I might be a part of with them. What is the core service? And am I convinced that they are able to execute the service? Um, that's where I want to start, right? Can they self-operate from a service and delivery perspective for that first five to 10 clients or whatever? That's like a service-oriented business, I'm saying. Um, so I'm trying to make sure they have the right skill set. 
and then from there you can kind of build around them and fill the gaps that they don't have because none of us are good at everything the other thing i'd say is that um <laughs> you know uh i have i allocate about 10 percent of my week to meet new people and that's just as a discipline so i've been doing that but we all love scalability and i may or may not currently be working on building more of like a community related to people that want to leave corporate so um, that is something that would fill top of funnel uh more kind of on a regular basis that's actually really smart so you're basically creating all the content around like how can you leave corporate and start your own thing by the way you want to start your own thing here's this cool idea i have that you should actually just go and plug into that makes a ton of sense. Um, I want to yes. dive into the, the network building stuff in a little bit. The, the thing I want to kind of go and level set with some people who are listening to this, though, first is out of the 11 businesses you own, um, could you give a glimpse into like what types of businesses they are? Because I think people hear sure. 11 businesses and they're like, what can you possibly be doing? Yep. So for the businesses are kind of agency-esque, some sort of model that's, you know, marketing agency, PPC, RevOps, um, so there's that category, um, kind of like micro SaaS category, a couple of those, um, two physical businesses. Um, so I actually own part of a dumpster rental business and also a security dealer. And then um, also have a recently have kind of started to spin up a lending business as well. So um, right, that kind of gives a, a glimpse. Yeah. And so what's interesting about these businesses is that maybe with the exception more of the SaaS businesses, but like they're a lot more SMB focused where you're kind of going for like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, like more of a cash flow approach where every business is designed, not necessarily to go and be this $10 million exit, but to go and provide several hundred thousand dollars a year in cash flow when they're operating efficient, efficiently. Um, is that safe to say? Yeah, it's, that's exactly correct. And so if the goal for several, and this is like what I love about like, honestly, your, your Twitter bio basically says like trying to build 50 companies by 2050, which I think is just, regardless of whether you know you do it cool ass goal and it's just like a cool tagline to like kind of resonate like who you are as a person is the goal sure. for all of those 50 companies to just be like these cash flowing machines that not none of them are necessarily trying to be moonshots but they're all trying to beat you know the 70 year old operators in those markets uh that you're competing against yes that is really the plan and then i just with all that discretionary income, I'm doing other things outside of those operating companies and investing in new operating companies for sure. But it really is, is all focused on that. If one of them becomes more of a moonshot and I realize has a lot of potential, I may decide to double down, triple down, reinvest, reinvest and grow that. And, and I'm open to selling, but my real strategy is just to increase cash flow and have high margin businesses. How are you structuring your arrangements with different operators in terms of aligning incentives? It sounds like I think you put up a lot of the general idea and capital for it. Um, so then how do you, yeah, I guess convince them to leave a high paying job with enough upside, but then also balancing the fact that you need to see a return and your end goal is, you know, a good amount of cash flow every month. Yeah. So there's different setups, right. And depends. Um, again, kind of going back to their personal financial circumstance. But what feels really comfortable to me is I'm putting in, you know, let's say 25K into kind of an early pot of a marketing budget, kind of spin up some kind of core pillars of the business. I have a playbook on legal, financial oversight, you know, banking, all that sort of stuff. Spin that up real fast. It's just like literally like a 20 point checklist now. 
and have all a bunch of vendors that are already vetted that I use on other businesses all the time. So all of that's just set. And in certain circumstances, like the security dealer, as an example, that person was earning a lot of money, doing very well for themselves, wanted to take a step out. We believed in him. So he has a, what I would call a modest salary, whereas in other circumstances, they, it's really eat what you kill. And we're really just partners, cap table distributions, and they might be doing something else on the side, or maybe they even own another business. So it can be varied, but um, I am, I am never more than 50%. Um, and I actually enjoy not being 50% because I want them to feel the weight of ownership. And so I feel very comfortable in that 25 to 40%, you know, on, on a cap table like that. And I'm providing ongoing content, um, CFO services, um, you know, kind of uh, legal. So those sorts of things are always kind of like back office, essentially economies of scale through several that's, that's free to those operators. That's awesome. Um, one side note, you should definitely sell a digital version of that checklist. I think we've talked about this a while ago, but like, I, like I would benefit from that, honestly. Like I think I think everyone would benefit from that. So whether or not you decide to sell it or use it as a lead magnet or whatever you want to do in the future, that I think that would be really valuable for a lot of first-time entrepreneurs. And that actually ones. be a great lead magnet for your community. I'm assuming you've probably already thought of it, but like, hey, download. Ever start about starting your own company? Download my checklist. Yeah, you guys are you guys are uh, spilling the secrets a couple <laughs> months too early. So that's um, good. I appreciate it. So you basically, all right, let's let's just assume you work 40 to 50 hours a week you mentioned that you intentionally set aside about 10 percent of your time just to solely like focus on your network which i think is really smart because i think a lot of people want this awesome network but they don't do anything about it right they're not like actively creating content they're not actively reaching out to people um can you give a glimpse into like okay out of those four or five hours is that including like the meeting time is this you finding people on twitter to dm is this you like literally building out a spreadsheet of people that are already in your network to shoot another message to, to like reconnect with. I would love to know tactically how that works. Right. I would say when I come across someone that I, a lot of it has to do with learn. I had this conversation yesterday, 85 plus percent of it is me trying to learn something. I want to connect with someone. Um, I connected with someone yesterday in the land industry, it's very experienced over a decade in land. I got to ask some very specific questions, but he also had some technology questions I got to help him with. It was really fun and have a new friend named Chris. So, you know, that's, um, that's oh, how we I come across. So, so, yeah, and, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I, just, I, think I, I think I just met him, whatever, the, the other month. Yeah, I, I think you actually came up. So um, that's, um, that's an example where I came across him, shot him a message. Hey, I would love to ask you a few questions. Love to get to know you. And so those four hours or so, four or five hours, 90% of that is just actually speaking with people. And what is the rest of your time spent on? So you're saying you, you provide CFO services, legal accounting, are those outsourced? You have a team in place. So you're, I'm assuming you're not actually doing most of those. When, right. what, what does that team look like? And at what point did you decide, hey, I'm either outsourcing this or I'm hiring full-time and how did you fill those roles? Yep. So I, you know, basically my CPA touches all those businesses. My fractional CFO touches all those businesses. My attorneys touching all those contracts. So, so those are all vendors over the course of time. I built a lot of trust with. And so then I am essentially saying, I know that their work is good. I can trust them. And I have the financial ability to 
you know, pay for those things because I want the control, frankly. I want the control to know that those jobs are going to be done well, like with excellence and on time. And so I choose to spend money there as a cost center, essentially for me and several. So, so it's more of kind of uh, trusted vendors that you guys go to. You don't really have an in-house team yet that's doing that's those correct. services. Yeah, How do you and do I, that kind I think, of going forward? Yeah, I think I'll get there. Um, okay. Although I will say, I, I joke, uh, it's my like bio link that I'm in love with another woman, which is my CPA. So I, I don't think I can ever bring her in house and I don't think I can ever not work with her. She's amazing. She's got the best laugh on planet earth. Um, you know, so uh, she's just incredible. So other than that, I, I could see bringing those other things in house someday, but I haven't yet. So is the game plan now for the next, let's call it 30 years to, to basically go and buy or start one bis- one to two businesses every single year indefinitely? Yes, I mean, I'm an opportunist. So if there's four good or five good opportunities that present themselves, let's do it. I'm ready to, to go for that. And then there might be a two-year period where I don't start a single one. And, and that's another thing to clarify is all of these have been started from scratch. Um, mm. And I do intend to buy. Um, I'm, I'm inspired by a lot of my friends that are buying and doing roll-ups, um, you know, that we, we meet on Twitter and run into them. And I've gotten to hang out with some people in, in real life as well that are doing that. And I just, I feel like I'm capable of that. Um, I want to do that. And there's lots of money that's interested in, you know, co-investing into those sorts of strategies and so i i foresee buying in the near future yeah i was gonna say you've also got a really good playbook too where like you say you essentially won't start a business unless it makes money from day one which i think is really smart because i think a lot of people kid themselves into thinking that like the like it's okay to run this like you know high revenue low profit business for a year or two because year three is when we're going to really reap the reward i think you're pretty a pretty straight shooter in the sense that like you're like no we're making money from day one and that's it yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be candid. I mean, we just I had to start a new LLC recently and it there were some things that were swirling in a very specific industry and people came to me for help and I said, hey, let's start this. I haven't hired an operator for it yet. I, I will. And that business just is starting out making 11K a month and, and it's high margin. And yeah. so that's great. That's awesome. And I don't say that to brag. It's just, that's the sort of stuff that I want to do where I say, Hey, from day zero, we, no one's hurting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and we're not worried that we're going to bleed out. And so that that's, I'd rather be patient and wait for opportunities like that. What sort of opportunities are you seeing that other people might be able to act on if they don't really have a business right now, but they mm-hmm. want to hustle, they want to make some cash flow? where would you recommend that, you know, they start looking Are we, are we talking dumpster rentals or we, you know, HVAC or yeah. anything along those lines that you'd recommend they check out? Yeah, I would, I would definitely not say either of those because <laughs> the, the, well, the capital required, right. And so right. if I want someone to ease their way into something and not, you know, ruin their life, I'd rather them start with something that's near zero cost to them to start and provide some sort of service. And I'd really like them to do something in a specific industry. So, you know, there's a guy at Grant's Journey. I got to meet up with him in person. Um, you can see him on Twitter. He's great. And he is doing video and photo for e And, you know, kind of like a, almost like a Suna Studios sort of vibe was a one-off. I, I think he's doing a little bit differently. And that's a great example. He said, I'm going to be specific. I have this specific skill set. I'm going to take it and go apply it to one industry. And I'm going to go ask for business and try I think that's a great model where he doesn't have a lot of costs. He's being specific. Here's this service for this industry. I'm good at it. Here's a couple of testimonials. 
and and see how it goes. So that that's where I would direct someone. Do you have any other specific industries or actual businesses that that you think also line up with that model? Um, Wait, I, I, maybe maybe not, actually a better way to phrase this question is okay. we're going to probably have like a thousand people listen to this episode roughly and, and might have and flow. But like, I know that you right now have like six ideas you want to work on that if you found the right operator, you would go and pursue those, right? So like, honestly, use this as free marketing if you're interested and want to go and unveil <laughs> those ideas. Because I think that I would not be okay. surprised at all if there's people that DM you being like, that was an awesome idea. I would love to like take that down with you. Yep. So there's, um, I, yeah, I can go on five or six right now. I'll at least do maybe two or three. So um, in the insurance space, there's a lot of specific, large, kind of these big niche software companies, and they don't typically offer a lot of service around their product. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity to build service companies on top of insurance technology platforms. So that's something you, I'm really you define that interested in. A bit more. What, what do you mean service around? Like what? Sure. So, um, there's a bunch of tasks, a bunch of to do's it's monotonous and tedious to, you know, work policies and, you know, getting things signed and all that. And a lot of it, although there is a technology facilitating it, there's still manual work to be done. And the insurance companies themselves, you know, like an insurance agency or broker doesn't necessarily want to staff up to do these things. So I do think there's a lot of opportunity. There's, there's a handful of these insurance companies in different segments of insurance. I think you can layer on a service company, VAs, you can go that route, whatever um, you were going to say. Well, I was going to say, it's funny you say that because I know some guy and I won't say his name or really even the company, but basically he was a sales rep killing it, making like three to $400,000 a year, whatever like that left because he started this one business where all he would go and do is bring people from their current website to HubSpot. And I know this is like, this isn't insurance. This is like just migration essentially of like your marketing platform, but he would charge them like tens of thousands of dollars. And he went from making three to $400,000 a year to like six to $700,000 a year instantly. And I, and it's something that HubSpot, you know, they would help transfer, but like, they're not like going to be that hands-on white glove service. Um, I got to imagine that between insurance, between website transfers, whatever it is, there's gotta be so much opportunity out there. A ton of opportunity. Yeah. And, and the other, the other thing I'll, I'll plug is um, everyone's talking about content. Connor, you've been pushing on content a lot. I'm really interested in the content repurposing space. There's a lot of different people doing that. And um, I'm, I'm looking really hard right now at a service company in content repurposing. That's a little different than some of the other larger players in the market. That's I mean, we, we, we would probably hire you. <laughs> we, we just hired a, uh, um, a couple of people to, just repurpose our content. We have 60 episodes in the backlog and we have video and, and so much stuff yeah. to go through that I think yeah, there's definitely a huge demand for that. That's awesome. Cool. Awesome, Steven. Well, this was an awesome episode. I think I'm glad that the first episode was like nine minutes. This will be 23 minutes. Uh, so I'm glad that we could actually talk and flesh it out a little bit more. And I apologize again that the first recording got deleted. Um, but if people want to go and check you out, if people want to DM you about this content business or the insurance business, where can they go and find you? Um, at Stephen Ullman, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-O-L-M-O-N, DMs are open and uh, severalventures.com. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show today, Stephen. If you thought today's episode was awesome, we would love it if you would leave a five-star review on the podcast, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference and lets us get cooler and cooler guests for future episodes. Thanks for listening.